Come on, Titus. <laughs> look, look, he's all, praise the Lord, amen. Come on, now. <laughs> boy, you didn't even ask your mama permission. Now you're in trouble. No, no. <laughs> Galatians chapter, go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Don't put it up yet, though, Titus. Just leave it, you know. You're good. All right, so uh, we've been talking about the law of association, biblical law, the biblical law. Now, don't go look up Google, the law of association, because it'll bring up all kinds of carnal, weird, worldly stuff. But the biblical law of association is what we've been talking about. And so we know that the, we've been talking about not only the law, we started out talking about the law of agreement. Where any two agree as to touching anything on earth that shall be done for them. And how that law of agreement will affect your confession. Once you come into agreement, you're, it, can, it changes your confession. Amen. And, and so that led us into, that, that really led me by, the, by the, the Spirit of God really led me over to the law of, uh, the biblical law of association. And so before some of you want to buck up against this, because there are a lot of reasons why you would want to buck up against this biblical law of association. Because I believe that in the past, when people have talked about this biblical law of association, they've talked about it in ways that I think are, they try to mix the Old and New Testament together in explaining it. And there are different, there are different things in operation and different rules that apply in, uh, in the Old Testament than there is in the New Testament. Things were different in the Old Testament. How many of you know that in the Old Testament, things are different than they are now? Amen. In the Old Testament, now some of you don't know this, but in the Old Testament, not everyone had the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things that has set the church apart in the, under this new covenant is that we, the Bible says we've been given the earnest, the, the, the down payment, the deposit of the Spirit of God. God put his Spirit in us as a down payment. You, know, you ever bought a house and had to put down earnest money? What's earnest money? That's your commitment. That I'm going to buy. See, God put his spirit in us because he made a commitment to us. Amen. Glory to God. He made a commitment. If God put down the earnest, he made a commitment to take you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So, so God put that deposit in us, each one of us as believers. But see, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God only rested upon three, three uh, offices. People that stood in three offices. The priest, the king, and the prophets. So I should have put it, in, I guess, in order. The king, the prophets, and the priests. They were the only ones that had the spirit in the Old Testament. And they didn't have the spirit of God in them. The spirit of God would come upon them and anoint them for that office. So uh, when the spirit of God would come upon them, God would enable them and give them in, uh, endowments or power or authority, uh, godly ability, supernatural ability to stand in those offices and to do what wasn't humanly possible to do if they tried to do it on their own. That was the anointing in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, each one of us, the Bible tells us we have an anointing from the Holy One. Each one of us are anointed. We're anointed with that uh, uh, abiding anointing, which we've talked about a lot since uh, we studied it uh, on Wednesday night. And then there's the empowering anointing. So not only do we have that same anointing that empowered the priests, the prophets, and the kings, but also we have God's spirit living in us. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we have that abiding anointing. 
And that anointing that's in us is to teach us and to help us. The anointing that comes upon us is to empower us for service. It's for the work. The anointing in us is for our walk. It's the anointing that's in you that will cause. Listen, if some of you having trouble walking things out, you need to uh, be aware that God has put his spirit in you to help you walk things out. He didn't leave you powerless. He didn't. When Jesus told his disciples, um, I'm leaving here, but I'm sending, I'm sending another comforter, another helper that he may abide with. That. That's the abiding anointing. He was talking, he was talking about that helper that would help us to walk things out in life. Amen. So we need to learn how to uh, be about the business of entertaining uh, the anointing, not only that is upon us, but the anointing that works in us. So um, because of that, th- things were different in the Old Testament then. And so I want to explain, uh, because uh, I want to explain this a little bit, because um, it will help us to understand this biblical law of association and how our associations affect our walk and affect our ministry. Because our, our, our associations do affect our walk and do affect our ministries. And they, it, 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 uh, it, uh, it will either enhance or diminish the anointing that works in us and our ability to fulfill God's purpose in our lives. And, uh, but I'm, I'm going to show you that. And I'm gonna, I want to show it to you in a very biblical way. So that, because uh, there's a lot of people that teach this, but they get a little lopsided. And so I want to make sure that we stay right within Scripture. So let's look at Galatians chapter 1. So how does, a, in the Old Testament, um, I'm not sure how I should. Let me think for a second here. How should I? Uh, how should I approach this, Isaac? How should I approach this, buddy? <laughs> should we look at the Old Testament? Let's look at the Old Testament first. So, uh, skip that. Take that off there, Titus. Uh, go to the go to the book of Second Kings. Second Kings, chapter six. So we were able to talk about Elijah and Elisha. Is that right? We talked about the, uh, the anointing and the biblical law of association as it pertained to Elijah and Elisha. So Elijah and Elisha uh, in uh, first, first Kings chapter, or 2 Kings chapter 2, when Elijah was taken into heaven by a whirlwind and Elisha received a double portion of the anointing that had been upon the ministry of Elijah, that came as a result of the law of association. Did we read that? Did we get in there and read that at all? Go, go over there to 2 Kings real quick. Go to, before we go to this other one, go to 2 Kings real quick. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. <clears throat> Lots of interesting things here in that 2 Kings chapter 2. Now when the, it's verse 1. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. For the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as yourself live, I will not leave you. So notice this. uh, Elisha refused to break his association with Elijah. 
He refused, even when he was asked by Elijah to stay where he was at and allow him to move on and to go on. Elisha refused. Amen. You know, I've, I've, I've said this before. Can you imagine what it would be like to have an unoffendable church? A church that wouldn't be so quick to break associations, to break fellowship. Amen. Amen. One, ones that they might get mad, but being mad wasn't going to run them off. They might disagree, but disagreements weren't going to run them off. <laughs> I disagree, but I'm here, baby. Amen. But see, that's, that's the thing, is that God, God created this association. And that's, that's the thing that we have to understand. That these associations don't happen based on carnal things. And that's, that's where I need, need to start. It's not a carnal association, but a spiritual association. And, and church, that's, that's the way you've got to go into this. You've got to, you've got to determine that you're going to allow God to connect you with people that are going to... Uh, that, are, that, that the Lord has brought you into your life that are going to help you to uh, fulfill your purpose and to achieve the things that God's called you to do in life. Amen. So we talked a little bit about that last week. We talked about how the Lord speaks to some and brings them by his word. The Lord, the Lord spoke to Ted and Debbie first time they saw me in his service. I was, I was a teenager. I had my hands lifted up. I was barely even in the ministry. They were in the choir singing. And while they saw me standing there in this congregation of people, they were drawn to me. There was an, there was an attraction. You know, sometimes preachers, people are attracted to them and they get, they get this, uh, this lofty idea of themselves. I'm attractive. They do. Amen. If you, you see, if you're not careful as a preacher, as a minister, when God begins to attract people to you based on the spirit and based on the anointing, you can, you can really get off, you can really get off the rails and go off course. See, you have to, you have to keep it straight. If God is attracting people to you, it's not because you're attractive. He's, he's working something. You're not all that in a bag of chips. The Lord is doing something. And listen, I don't know why um, I never, why I, and maybe I, you know, maybe I just need to pray. Anyway, I'll just say this. So Ted, Ted Debbie, they saw me, um, they saw me in the congregation. They were drawn to me. Now, neither one of them knew that they were both drawn to me. But after service, one came from one side, the other came from the other side, and they were surprised that they both met at me. They were like, what are you doing here? Well, the Lord, you just stuck out to me today in the service. And I felt like the Lord told me to come over here and to take you out to lunch. And the other one said, I felt the same thing. And so we go out to lunch together. Now, you know what? I had no attraction to them. Now, that, that, that's, I'm not trying to be ugly. I, I'm just trying to tell the story right. And it, it, I know... I'm beginning to realize that if something doesn't sound flattering, people think it's negative. But I'm not just I'm try, trying to be negative. It's not that I didn't love Ted and Debbie or it's not that I thought they were ugly or whatever. Um, there was no, the attraction wasn't the other way. 
See, sometimes when God, when God, listen to me, when God brings an association together, it's not always a two-way street. See, in some of us, we feel jilted when someone doesn't reciprocate with the same measure of attraction that we have toward them. But see, sometimes when God brings people, he brings them and he attracts them to you, but he doesn't necessarily bring that reciprocation to the individual that you, amen. Boy, I am, I'm already on it right now. Because see, I, I was just reading a post on Facebook by a girl that was in a meeting at y'all's old church at, at, in Newcastle. Young girl. She's, man, she's gone off the rails. But anyway, um, she, uh, she posted something like, you know, I'm so, I'm so committed when I go to a church and I love people and I give myself, but no one gives themselves in the same way to me. You know what? That's not, you don't give yourself to, to you don't give yourself with an expectation of reciprocation. When you give yourself, you're giving yourself to the Lord. It's a transaction between you and God. That, that's, why you've got to, that's why you've got to remember. These things are, ooh, see, I'm messing with some of y'all right now. Some of y'all that have felt like you were spiritually abused. Some of you feel like that you was taken advantage of. No, you just had a wrong perspective. You just weren't looking at it right. God wanted, God wanted you to serve him by doing what he told you to do. And it didn't matter where God told you to serve or who God told you to serve with. That, that wasn't what mattered. What mattered was is that you were faithful to do what God told you to do because God was going to bless you as a result of your obedience. Amen. Amen. See, God didn't call God didn't call you to a church so you could be necessarily be friends with your pastor. It may end up being that y'all are friends. It may end up being that y'all your your pastor's your godfather. <laughs> I'm involved in her life whether she like it or not. You know what I'm saying? And you know that's just. And I know that I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just the way that it is. That's the, that's the level of association. I don't know if y'all know this. I watched Tabitha. Uh, I was around when Tab, before Tabitha was born. And after Tabitha was born, uh, Debbie would, went to work. And I was, I was actually Tabitha's babysitter for nearly a year. She came. She stayed with me every day. So I fed her. I changed her diapers. Uh, I helped to potty train her. I'm not saying it was a joy. I, I, I mean, <laughs> potty training is rough. <laughs> it's messy. Potty training is messy. But anyway, you know, so we, we have a lot of history. So there's a, you know, there's these differences. But we have to keep it straight. You know what? The Lord may send you to some place and you may be the best of friends with Pastor. Some people are like, I just want to be friends with Pastor Annie. That may be what happens. But guess what? It may not be what happens. That's why you have to keep it over in the realm of the spirit. You have to. Amen. You know, when Ayla rolled up at Winter's Church, she had no idea that one day... She got born again in a meeting that I was preaching at. As, as far as she was concerned, I might as well have been Benny Hinn. I'm up on that platform every day with a microphone in my hand, and she had a Jesus encounter in a meeting that I had, and she's looking at me, and I'm, listen, I might as well be the representative of Jesus Christ. She's, she's just like, and then the Lord tells her to come to 
Oklahoma. You know what? She didn't come to Oklahoma with the hopes of being my best friend. If she'd have come with that hope, she'd have been very disappointed. But she came with it, purpose in her heart to do what the Lord told her to do. And you know what? Uh, she, she came and she stayed committed to revival and to the flow of the Spirit and to the move of God and, uh, and uh, was inconvenienced. We were talking. She was talking about how she had to get an oil change every other month because she was putting so many miles on her car going back and forth to revival. And the car that she had had, you know, 250,000, 300,000 miles on it. And uh, so anyway, you know, back and forth, back and forth. But she is, you know, she is committed. Uh, she didn't ride with, it, it wasn't like I said, ride with me, Ayla. Bless God, I've been, I've been in your meetings for two and a half, three years, and you haven't even let, you let Ted ride with you. Come on, y'all. Wow, it's awfully quiet in this spirit-filled church. Now, listen, that's not to say that, here's the deal, that's not to say that I didn't want Ayla to ride with us. That, that wasn't the deal. But you know what? That, that wasn't what was in my mind. You know what was in my mind? I got to preach tonight. Lord, what do, we, what do you want me to say? <laughs> my, my mind wasn't on, I wonder how I can make Ayla feel better about herself. Now, you know what? She didn't know that one day, not only would she be a part of Winter's Church and, uh, and start doing ministry at Winter's Church, but she would find a husband at Winter's Church and have a baby at Winter's Church and now be a part not only of our church family, but be a part of my... We're, when we're at family gatherings, I'm like, Ayla, I never dreamed when I saw you hopping around at that altar that you would be my niece. She would have a baby that has a part of my blood flowing through its body. Come on, Jesus. Amen. But you know what? There were plenty of times that Ayla could have been like, I'm so underappreciated. I have sacrificed so much for this ministry. Do you know how much time and money I have invested with no recognition? Pastor hadn't even invited me over to the house. <laughs> That's the only reason y'all don't get invited over is because it's messy. They're laughing. It's true. My, my, y'all see my yard. I was out cleaning the car the other day. I know my neighbors were, think, were thinking, God, I wish he'd do this to his yard. <laughs> I mean, he worked all day on that car. Wouldn't that be nice if he did that with his yard? I almost said that to one of my neighbors. I know you want me to do this with my yard. But anyhow. So it's not, a, it's not a carnal thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's not based on friendship. But on a mutual recognition of God's gift and God's grace. Amen. You know what? I acknowledged what the Spirit of God was doing in Ayla. We mutually understood that the Lord was at work. Have, I, have, have we started to help anybody here this morning yet? So we got to keep it straight. Turn to someone, tell them you got to keep it straight. Amen. So imagine how Elisha might have felt when 
Elijah, this man that he left his house for, we talked about it, left his inheritance, left his father and his mother, all of a sudden now toward the end of the journey, <laughs> listen, some of y'all would have been mad. It's coming to the end of the journey where everything is going to come to fruition that you had hoped for. And the old man looks at you and says, hey, why don't you stay here? I'm getting ready to go over here to Bethel. Are you on crack? What old man, you trying to stiff me? You trying to ditch me? Are you serious? If the Lord sent you and God called me to be with you, then he didn't just send you. He sent me too. And that's essentially what Elisha said. Come on now. Listen, the associations that God puts in your life will be tested. There'll be many times that you'll have to make a decision whether you're going to be faithful to do what God called you to do or not. And, and do you know, what, you know where the test will come? The test will come in the natural, not in the spirit. It'll come in the natural. It'll come in the natural. Disagreements. Differences of opinion. A different pace. Some, yeah, tacos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, some, 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 some of us might have to slow down to accommodate some of us might have to slow down to accommodate those that God has called us to associate with because they don't move as fast as we move you know I, I think we could do this a lot better but man they just I just can't stand it they just want to drag their feet That, that's, that's what Elisha must have thought when he was with Elijah. You know Elijah didn't move near as fast as Elisha did. He was an old man. Elisha had better ideas than Elijah had. But it wasn't time yet for Elisha's ideas. Elijah had something that Elisha needed. The anointing. He needed the baton that Elijah was carrying to be handed off. That was, by, that was by association. That was, that, was, that, was, that was by the will of God. That was by the plan of God. It wasn't by, Elijah was, listen, there are many people that are in leadership today that are like, if you want my anointing, you got to, first of all, when they go to talking about their anointing, they're already missing it. Because it ain't their anointing. It's the anointing of God. Now, I understand we use that term very loosely here at this church as well. But I think you all understand that I know that that anointing don't belong to me. I didn't give it, and I can't really give it away. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give it to myself, so I can't, I can't really give it to you. But if the Lord says... For example, if the Lord drew you here, I, I said something to Cherie. I said something to Cherie. I said, Cherie, I, I don't know if y'all, you know, have thought this through, but Cherie, uh, she's getting ready to go on the, on, on the field to do a missions trip. She's going to hang out with the guy that Paul Trokel worked for, uh, Egon uh, Folk. She's going to go and do a crusade over in Tanzania with this ministry in the month of May. We're, we're going to help her get there. Amen. 
Listen, some of you ought to give her $1,000. She needs about $5,500. I'm, I'm committing myself $1,000 personally to get, to get Cherie to Tanzania. It, you know what? If she comes up short, I'm going to cover the rest. She's going to Tanzania. I'm going to Tanzania with her. I'm, I'm not going in the airplane, but I'm going with her. Now, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. What if she gets to Tanzania and discovers that she has the ability to attract millions of people? Get up there and preach the gospel. And millions of people get born again. And all of a sudden, she going she to come back and travel with me to Swanton? See, y'all, maybe y'all didn't think about this, but you know, uh, and I'm, I, I'm not saying this is true or this is right, but we don't think this through. We don't realize sometimes that God brings people among us that they might not be here doing the same thing that they're doing all the time. And God could very well say, amen. Some of y'all are like, well, that's Cherie. She just thinks. Yeah, what if she wins a million people to Jesus? Then you'll be like, well... I'm here. Amen. Remember me. Yeah, I remember you, you nasty thing. You know how many people did that to me? First time I went on TBN, people was like, remember me? Oh, yeah, I remember you, you idiot. I know him. Remember I, remember I told you about, recently I told you about that intercessor that made me take my hands off of that person I was praying for. Remember I was a teenager, I said an intercessor made me take my hand. Do you know, uh, about 20 years later, she came to a prophetic conference that I was preaching at. And she went to the, she went to the office and said, I'd like to see Brother Ziggy. It's a big conference. Tell him, tell him so-and-so is here. He'll remember me. I sure did. See, that, that's why we got to stay out of the flesh and we got to be in the spirit. But anyway, I told, I told Cherie, I said, Cherie, I said, what if you get out? I said, what if you get out there? You remember Daniel? Anyone I mean, I know who Daniel Kalenda is? Daniel Kalenda traveled with a fella. Do you know who he traveled with? Anybody? Reinhard Bunky. Reinhard Bunky. He's a young man, started traveling with Reinhard Bunky. When Reinhard Bunky got long in the tooth, he looked at Daniel Kalenda and he said, you're taking over this ministry. And now Daniel Kalenda goes and, listen, he didn't pave the way. A man named Right Hard Bunky paved the way. And Daniel Kalenda is literally preaching to millions and millions and millions of people and doing this great ministry on the shoulders of a, of a great man that God used. It was through a spiritual association. I, I told Sheree, I said, I said, Sheree, what if you go out there because here's the thing. She got a response back from, e from Egon's office, and they said, come, it's gonna, just come. You can ride with us to the crusade. We have a place in the car for you to ride with us. You can stay with us. All you need is X amount of dollars. They said, call Paul Trokel and ask him to help you to make travel arrangements because they know the process. When she called Paul Trokel, she said, uh, the Egon's office told me to call you. They told me to call you to make travel arrangements. And uh, so here's what I have taken care of. I'm, 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 I'm staying with them. And you know, Paul Trokel said, you're what? 
Oh, I'm staying with them. Who? You're, you're staying with who? With Dr. Falk. What? Yeah, and I'm, I'm riding with them. You're, you're riding with them? Yeah. What? You, do you understand that you're staying with them and riding with them? She goes, yeah. Well, you know what? She rides with me and stays, you know, all the time. You know, where? So she's not thinking anything of it. You know, she's been in the airplane with me this whole time. He said, you don't understand. Nobody rides with them. Nobody stays with them. Well, you know what? She ain't a nobody. Are y'all hearing me today? She ain't a nobody. She, listen, that should have been the first indicator that Cherie is going to Tanzania and that God is getting ready to open up some doors for Cherie in Tanzania. Are y'all hearing me today? Now, I, I, so Paul Trogel started telling her, can I give you some pointers? Let me tell you how do you deal with this. You know, let me tell you how you navigate this because there's something. He told her straight up. He said, if you're riding with them and staying with them, there's something going on in that man's heart God has spoken to him about something. There's a reason why he's doing this. It is not on accident. He does everything that he does intentionally. Something's going on. He said, and I don't know what it is, but whatever it is. I said, Cherie, what if you get there? And he says, Lord told me he was going to send my predecessor, someone that would come after me, someone that would precede me, someone that would take over. But I said, what if you become that guy's Daniel? What if he says, I need for you to come to Tanzania. I need for you to take on your shoulders the weight of this ministry. I need for you to carry on the legacy. I need for you to do the work of this ministry. I said, Cherie, you could be the Daniel Kalenda of Egon Falk's ministry. You know what she? You know what she did? She looked. She she told me. She said, "I already got me one of them." I I already got me. I already got me a guy, but his name ain't Egon Falk. I got a ministry to take over. I've got a spiritual fire. I have. A spiritual father. Are, are you only listening to me? <laughs> I'm sure all of that. Listen, would she st- if she get on that platform, stand in front of millions of people, <sighs> she could be like, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But you know, all that God has done in Cherie's life is to prepare her to do what the... See, some of y'all, in a, in a New York second, you'd be like, sign me up. This is what the Lord... I knew God called me to do something big. Glory to God. You'd have been all about it. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. That's why, that's why we have to be fully persuaded of what God called us to do. Amen. 
Oh, God's got something for Sheree over there. Who? Only God knows what it is. And you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have stood in her way from, from carrying on Dr. Egon. But if that's, what he, if that's what happened over there, in fact, it would be hard for me to tell her. You know, if she said, Pastor, the Lord told me to stay with you, I'd have been like, Eesh, I'm going to Bethel. You need to. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. Listen, these, do you know why people fail to fulfill God's purpose and fail to be everything God wants them to be and fail to do everything God wants them to do? It's not because it's a hard, it's not because God's making it hard on us. It's because we, we don't have a right perception. We don't, we don't put things in the right category. We, we, uh, we sometimes put things in the realm of the, of the natural and the carnal instead of putting it over there in the spirit where it belongs. And we don't realize that our loyalty and our faithfulness really is when we're serving faithfully under someone else's ministry, under someone else's authority. It's not, it, 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 it reflects as being loyalty and faithfulness to a man. But if you're committed to what God told you to do, then what's really happening is you're being loyal and faithful to the Lord. You know what? We shouldn't be jealous of our significant other because they've committed themselves to doing what God told them to do, even if it appears that, you know, married couples, there have been people that have been divorced, people that have had to leave churches because husbands or wives were jealous of their significant other and their commitment to what God told them to do wherever it was that they were serving. Because, because one of them had more of an understanding of what God had told them than the other one. And one of them perceived it as being faithful to men, faithful to people, something that was carnal, something that was natural. Listen, look, look within yourself and identify. If you're one of those people that has either looked at someone and said, well, you know what, quit being a zygonite. Ziggy, ziggy, ziggy. Some of, you, some of you have said it. If I have to hear something about Pastor Ziggy again. What if? I mean, what if? They're being loyal and faithful to what God told them to commit to, where God told them to associate. And the only reason why my name is involved is because it, ha it happens to have something to do with the ministry that I'm doing for the Lord. Amen. I don't have you all on corners selling roses to raise money for the church. Listen, y'all aren't at Christmas time, y'all aren't at gas stations and all over town with little loaves of banana bread trying to sell loaves of banana bread and handing out little pamphlets about the church's ministry. Well, amen. Oh, boy. <laughs> Elisha, what made Elisha 
uh, different. And, and let's, let's read on. Boy, I didn't think I was going to talk about this part of this, y'all. Am I helping anybody here? So Elijah said, stay here. Elijah said, stay here, Elisha. I'm going to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Next verse. Now, the, look, look at this. Now, the sons of the prophets. Who are these people? The sons of the what? Who, what, was Eli, what was Elijah? So these were Elijah's. These were people that were associated in some way with Elijah's ministry. But you find out real quick they weren't as closely associated with his ministry as Elisha was. The sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over, over you today? In other words, they're prophesying to Elisha and saying, Hey, we know something. We know that Elijah ain't going to be around here very much longer. Wow. I have talked a long time, haven't I? <laughs> She's like, I wasn't going to say nothing, but since you mentioned it. <laughs> and look at the other one's like, I knew, I knew, I told her. <laughs> I told her, I told her to bring snacks, but she didn't listen. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't across the street. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, at least I'm funny. Well, she's like, mm -hmm. who told you that? <laughs> so the, the, here's what they're telling Elisha. We know something by the spirit. And they did. Elijah's going, he's going, he's going today. And Elisha looks at them and says, I know, keep silent. Now, this wasn't a pleasant conversation. What, they, what, they were, what, what was happening here was those sons of the prophets, they were far off. They were, say they were far off. They weren't close, they were far off. They were, they were observing from a distance. They weren't tucked in like Elisha was. And they were, evidently, there was some jealousy or some animosity between them and Elisha. They, they looked at the relationship between Elijah and Elisha and they, they weren't, uh, uh, it, there weren't a lot of pleasantries that were going on in their mind about this relationship that Elisha had with the, with the prophet because it differed from theirs. Theirs was a relationship that was afar off and Elisha's relationship with Elijah was one. See, listen, church, are you seeing a picture here? You got to be careful. How you perceive these things, how you look at these things, that you keep a right heart and a right attitude before God. And so when they, when they told him this, here's what they were saying. You know what? Just because you're close to him doesn't mean, uh, doesn't mean that you're the only one that gets it. We know stuff too. He's, he's leaving today. 
See, we heard something. We, we hear God too. You're not the only one that hears God. And Eli, Elisha's response is, I know, shut up. But you know what? Here, here's the thing. They knew that Elijah was going. They didn't know. Here's what they didn't know. They didn't know that they could have had the same access to the same anointing, to the same power, to the same authority that Elisha had. So the next, next verse, look what it says. Is that the next verse? Next verse, there you go. Then Elisha said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord. And he, man, he even asked him, nice, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I'll not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Next verse, look what it says. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came and said to him, again, taunting Elisha. And he says the same thing. I know y'all just need to keep your pie hole shut. But we know, we know what the end result is, that Elisha receives a double portion of the anointing that was upon Elijah. Because Elisha served in the place God intended him to serve, doing what God told him to do. Now, let me ask you this. Was, was Elisha greater than God? Elijah, I'm sorry, was Elijah greater than God? No. Um, was it important to Elisha's destiny that he associate with Elijah? Yes. Elijah was, you mean Elijah wasn't greater than God? But in order for Elisha to receive what he received from God, he had to associate with Elijah. You know what? Elisha didn't have a wrong idea or a wrong perception about who Elijah was. He knew Elijah was a man, but he knew Elijah was the man that God was using to help him to get where God needed for him to go. And so he was going to serve the Lord and serve under this man's ministry in any way that God needed for him to in order for him to fulfill God's purpose. Amen. Get it out of your head. You can't just choose to serve under somebody's ministry so you can draw anointing from them. Oh, I want Michael Salazar. I want your anointing. All right, then come carry all my stuff. Okay. Grab my ladder. Get on that roof. I'm going to the gym. Be there at five. Take off that weight. Put that other weight on there. Yeah, put some more weight on there. I'm, I'm tired. Do you want anointing or not? <laughs> but you know what? I've heard people like that. Have you anybody, anybody ever been at church and heard things like that? I have. I've heard stuff like that. You know what? That's not how it works. That's not how it works. 
You know what? Even though Ted served in the way that he served and done what he's done, I look at Ted and I try to, I try to interpret what it is that the Lord is trying to do and say with Ted. So when Ted backed off, I'm trying to figure out, is Ted backing off? I, I have to try to encourage Ted to remain faithful to God. You know what? Not because, you know, what Ted has done has benefited the ministry that God called us to do. But now... There's never been, and listen, I'll stand before God and every one of you will be there when this goes down. I will stand before God and God will literally say before everyone standing in heaven that I never was selfish and took advantage of Brother Ted and his kindness and his goodness in doing what he did for our ministry. Everything he did, I knew he was doing unto the Lord. Every bit of it. I never tried to get Ted to do something because I didn't want to do it. I never, I never had Ted, I never had Ted, listen, I didn't invite Ted to go to lunch because I thought he would pay. Let's invite Ted, he'll pay. Boy, I must be meddling. Or it's 12.15, amen. <laughs> so he's like, snow's coming, brother, the snow, the snow. Let it snow, let it snow. <clears throat> Cherie, listen, I've never, Cherie want to serve. She just wants to serve, serve, serve. I'll stand before God. I have never, listen, I have never. I've never, I've never acted like I'm going to get out my wallet to pay for something, being like real slow so that Cherie can. I was going to pay for that. See, some people, some people that are, they feel like it's their right. Like, like for, for you to get your anointing, you got to do something for me. No, listen, it's, it's all about God. It's all about serving the Lord. It's all about being faithful to Him. And if that means that we remain associated, whether we like it or not, we're going to be obedient to the Lord. We're going to do what God told us to do. It's going to, it's going to get tough. Amen. But there are benefits. Elisha received a double portion. Can can we read one more scripture so so I can at least say that we got farther? (laughs) Second Kings chapter six. God God will God will send people to listen, God will send people to serve under your ministry. And you have to have a right heart. When you're in ministry, people want to do good stuff for you. That doesn't mean you should always let them. I had guys who traveled with me that we would go. Pastor would take us out to dinner. He'd say, order whatever you want. You know what I would order? What I would normally order. You know what some of the guys who traveled with me would do? They'd order the most expensive thing on the menu because they, they're like, somebody else is paying. You know what? That's not having a right heart and a right attitude. If you wouldn't buy it for yourself, why are you going to make somebody else pay for that? When I went to get my, when I went to get my haircut, I, did, I, got, I went to get my haircut one time. Barbara said, 
Someone, someone's going to take care of you today already. I said, someone took care of me already? Yeah. You and Gabe both. I said, who? They, Eric. I wasn't like, hey, man, I'll take a pedicure, manicure, <laughs> massage. Can I get some extensions? Y'all do the wax in the ears, up the nose. <laughs> I'd have left a Sasquatch, come home a bald chihuahua or something, you know. But that's not what you... But some people... One guy said, I want to buy you a suit. I said, you don't want to buy me a suit. Yeah, I want to buy you a suit. I was like, I'm, I'm picky. You'd be paying too much. They're like, I don't mind spending $300. I said, well, I said, that almost gets me a tie. Almost. I said, I'm not trying to look down. I said, why don't you just sow a seed toward a part of a suit or something? Yeah. I know a place where you can buy one $300, get one free. I'm like, mm-hmm, I've been there. Oh, yeah. Take it to the cleaners the first time. It, sh it shines like a sign in Las Vegas. Here's the thing, I gotta. When that guy said, go pick out an airplane, I wasn't like, citation, oh, citation 10, woohoo! Well, it'll only be 24 million, Brian. <laughs> no, man. I shot, you know, I started out trying to spend 50,000. Thank God I didn't get that airplane. The Thank engine God. fell apart. Yay! That engine fell apart. That <laughs> Engine fell apart in that airplane right after the guy bought it. Thank God. But then I found another one, 70 grand. It's like, went up a little bit. That guy wouldn't take it for a pre-purchase. Thank God. Because the place I ended up buying an airplane from, they got that airplane in for a pre-purchase. They're like, you better be glad you didn't buy that airplane. There's a reason why they didn't want it to come to us. Had corrosion in the wings. It, when I saw it, it was up on... It was up on jacks, and they were pulling the engine off. <laughs> but anyway, 115 grand is what I ended up spending on an airplane. Brian, he, he bought that airplane. But you know what? That airplane, trouble-free. <laughs> trouble-free. Never had to do nothing. To it. Sold that airplane. You know when I sold that airplane? Uh, they put another cylinder on it right after I sold it. Because they were like, that's eh, low compression. Guy went, to, guy went to fly that airplane home, lost the cylinder on his way home. I'm like, I wouldn't have lost that cylinder. That's right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God knows. But we got to be right in our hearts, church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit here in a second. Let me give me one minute. One more scripture. <laughs> Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15. Say there are benefits. You're, you're getting out of here. You're you, you about to eat something, girl. <laughs> She's hungry. I can tell. 
We could bring her a little cup of a, of, of a goldfish. <laughs> we want to make good. Is this her first time here? We want to make a good first impression. We're going to get you a cup of goldfish. Maybe I'll help you out. <laughs> Don't tell anybody you starved at winters. I gave her some donut holes. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she says donut holes. I was about to say, I've never seen no donut hole. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's what I am. <laughs> Oh, you know we're getting out of the anointing now. Uh, help me, Lord. Wasn't that funny? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Oh, gosh. And when, and when the servant of the man of God arose early, he went. <laughs> he went. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he arose early and he went out, and there was an army, sur there was an army sur surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servants said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? I forget there's one back here. What shall we do? Next verse. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So this is Elisha talking to his servant. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Amen. So here are the benefits of association. You know, prophets are seers. If God associates you with a prophet, guess what? You have the potential to see things you've never seen before. You have the potential to function in an anointing and in a, in a power and in a, and in a place where, you've <laughs> where you have never functioned. But now listen, some people miss out. They miss out on it. Not realizing that because of the association that God has made between them and some, that they have access to some of these things in the spirit that God put on that individual. You say, well, how does that work? It works because God drew you to that. God drew you to that place for you to, to receive impartation from those individuals. Praise God. Amen. So you got to pay attention to those that God called you to associate with. Amen. You don't want to pick up the carnal stuff. You want to pick up the spiritual stuff. Amen. I'm going to quit there. I know it seems like a weird place to stop, but...
Amen. <laughs> I don't want to offend the donut holes. Keep people guessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stand up all over the place. <clears throat> Ted, I'm going to finish this next week. You have what you say. Amen. Gabe didn't even think I was serious. He was still sitting back there. <laughs> He's like, no, he going to go on a minute. I don't got time. I got me some time. When, when someone preaches a message like this, someone who's a minister, preacher, it seems very self-serving because people question their motives. You know, sometimes they question their motive. Why are they... Why are they telling us this? Listen, church, I, I hope you know that in my heart, I just want to, I want, I want us to serve the Lord together. I want us to get this done. There's some things that God has shown me that we've got to get straight. How, how many of you have been getting financial things in order in your life? How many of the Lord's been dealing with you about getting your finances in order? There's a reason. You know why? Because God wants to send you money. And if, and if your house isn't in order financially, you're, you limit God on what he can do for you financially. When we, when we hadn't incorporated our ministry and we weren't doing things in a way that was legitimate in the eyes of the government, not that we were trying to be illegitimate or illegal, we just didn't know what to do. And the Lord began to deal with me. He said, you need to, you need to uh, incorporate this ministry. You need to become a not-for-profit not corporation. You need to give people the opportunity to sow, and, and sow into your ministry and be able to get... Uh, Be, you're, you'll be exempt from taxes and people be able to write off their, their contributions. You need to get it right. I didn't know how to do that, so you know what I did? I hired someone that did. It cost me some money. <clears throat> money that I didn't want to spend. But I didn't realize sometimes you got to spend money to motivate money to come to you. And so I, I spent the money. Immediately after we became 501c3, the Lord opened up the floodgates and, and began to bless us financially. Now there have been, there have been things happened throughout the years that have muddied the water at times that we had to, we had to get it straight. We, we, have to, we have to be above the bar. Listen, and some of us, we, we, neglect, we neglect things in our life thinking that, ah, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. And it will be until it's not. You know, nobody's looking too hard when it's 100 grand. But when you're talking $100 million, people start looking hard at you. Because, because the more money you've got, the more influence you've got. And people that are influential don't want you to have that influence. Yeah, I, I can only imagine this. I don't know this to be the truth. I don't know nothing about uh, Michael, Michael uh, and his 
you know, families. I know that I know his father, what his father, his father was a roofer, just a roofer, period. He, he'd get up on roofs and he was a roofer. He'd still be getting up on roofs. You know, when he was a roofer, I bet no one ever tried to sue him. But the minute he made his first million, I bet there was somebody that wanted a piece of it. You know what? The one thing that people don't realize, we talk about the million flow. Do you know what you, you know what you need to start preparing for when you get in the million flow? You're gonna have to hire you a lawyer. You're gonna have to hire you an accountant. See, some of y'all are like, nah, I'm TurboTax. Listen. Listen, you better break your poverty mentality. You better get ready to start hiring some people because you're going to need to hire some people. Amen. See, that's what your pastor's about to do. I'm about to hire some people to take over the finances of this church, the finances of ZSEA. I'm about to get it way out of my hands. I'm about to get delivered. Because you know what? What God's bringing, I can't handle. What God's bringing, I don't, I have to invest my time to do what he's told me to do. And here's the thing. You know what's going to happen as soon as that happens? Y'all better get ready. Because if God blesses me, that means he's going to bless you. If I increase, that means by default, you increase. In fact, before I increase... You increase. Before it happens to me, it happens to you. Before it happens to this church, it happens to y'all. Amen. So all these things that he's having us get in order, he's having us get in order for a reason. Well, that's the same thing with associations. You, you have to know something, church. What you see up here from your pastor is what you get. I am not, I'm not trying to squeeze every bit of energy out of you. I'm not trying to take advantage of them. People will watch y'all and they'll think because of your commitment to the Lord and your commitment to doing what God called you, they'll think that somehow or another we're benefiting. You know what? If I had you on the corner selling roses, you might want to question that. When we're making cinnamon rolls to raise funds to buy family Christmas, you can't question. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's no question. We're trying to do some ministry. But we don't do that. We don't do a lot of fundraising. And if we, if we do, it's always so we can invest ourselves. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling here. The Lord is just cinching some things up and getting some things in order. Making sure that we understand some things. Right. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Thank God. The Lord says, give them shoes to me. No, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> After all that preaching, I <laughs> Mess it up with one statement. What, tell me your name. Chris. Chris, lift up your hands, Chris. 
I'm praying the same anointing you have to keep them shoes white will come on me. Mine don't stay white, but for a day. I asked Annie, I said, what am I doing? She said, walking. I guess you can't walk through the yard or anything with white shoes on. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that your spirit would fall mightily upon this young man. I thank you, Father, that you're working in him to fulfill your purpose. Lord, you wrote, you wrote the book. You're the author of this young man's life. You're not having to erase and edit, fix things. Lord, you, you already wrote the book. It's the enemy that wants to blot out parts of the story and make them unclear. But I thank you, Father, that you got him in a time, in a season where you're making things clear to him. You know what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you? That the hand of the Lord is upon you, that the Spirit of God is touching your eyes. And God says he's making, he's going to begin to make clear to you the parts of the story that the enemy has tried to blot out. The story of your life that the, the enemy has tried to make it uncertain and unclear. I hear, I hear God saying that, what do they call that? When the government, the redacted, when the government blots things out and they don't want you to know it's, it's redacted. All, all that has been redacted by the devil, God says he's going to take it off. It's going to be revealed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> I hear God tell me to tell you this. You only know half the story. The Lord says, because you only know half the story, you can only make assumptions about your future. But the Lord says he's about to reveal the whole story to you so that there's no doubt and there's no question. The Lord told me to tell you this. He said, I have never left you and I've never forsaken you. He said, that's my word. That's my word. I, I hear the Lord tell me, say this. He says, there's some people that want to make you feel like that without them, you have nothing. The Lord told me to tell you this. He says, he says, as long as you have me, the Lord says, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. I hear the Lord saying it's time for you to turn away from the things that have kept you from him. It's time for you to walk away from the things the Lord says that will lead you in the ways of your fathers and those that came before you. It's time for you to depart from the things that will take you in that direction. And it's time for you to begin to embrace the things that will lead you to the freedom that the Lord has for you. So I declare that today in the name of Jesus, that the Spirit of God is coming. I feel Him, and I know you do too. The Spirit of God is coming upon you, and He is enabling you to walk in a way you've never been able to walk before, to do things that you've never done before, to hear in ways you've never heard, to believe in ways you've never believed, and to embrace the things of God that you never dreamed or imagined that were embraceable. I hear God saying that 
This is the part of your story where you begin to succeed in the face, the Lord says, of those that are looking for you to fail. The Lord says, this is where you win. God said, he never, he, God said when he created you, he didn't create you to lose. He created you to win. I see the word, I see the word lose written over his head. And I see the hand of God striking out the word. And I see him writing win. You don't lose, brother. You win in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I loose that on him. And I thank you, Father. I thank you that this young man's going to be more than a clean pair of sneakers and a nice haircut and good smelling cologne. God, I thank you. He's going to be strong in you in the strength and in the power of your might in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. Chris, is that right? Amen. Thank God. It's a good word. Pray with me in the spirit for a minute. Celebra. You got people up in here from Ohio. We'll drive you home if you get snowed in. We know how to drive on it. We'll put you in the back of the pickup. Get you home. Som Romono. Tell me your name again because I get y'all confused. Okay. Christiana. El Beredriex Pelegere Bondri Morodriote. Farasabondri Mardrieta. Farandono Morobosa Kelegere Gidriactaba. Arasabongeleche. Now see, I see the I see the Lord waving some stuff off it. When the, when, when the fire of God begins to burn, not only does the fire of God attract, um, not only does the fire of God attract good things, but it will attract bad things. And, you know, I, I heard people make this statement. You know, when there's a fire, people will come to watch it burn. And so they'll say, this about the church. The church needs to get on fire so people will come and watch us burn. It gives us an opportunity to, to minister. But you know what else shows up at fires? Bugs. <laughs> Bugs. Things that aren't pleasant. Things that aren't good. And I hear the Lord saying that as your light began to shine, the bugs begin to come. And I hear, I hear the Lord tell me to tell you this. He said, the enemy has been looking to try to distract you and to get you off course and to keep you to, from f fulfilling God's plan for your life. And the enemy keeps feeding you excuses as to why it's okay and why you can't and how difficult it is. But the Lord says this. The Lord says, 
The Lord says, I've given you everything that you need to win the battle and to overcome. To walk by faith and to not walk by sight. To be strong in Him and in the strength of His might and not to rely upon your own. I, I see the hand of the Lord swatting the bugs away from you. I see Him trying to clear out a path so that you can see beyond the distractions that the path that the Lord has prepared for you is a good path. It's a good way. The Lord told me to tell you this. He says he hadn't called you to, he hadn't, he hadn't called you to be seeking after popularity. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says we're, as God's people, we're supposed to be popular. In fact, the Bible says we're peculiar. The, the problem with that is that you've always felt peculiar. Instead of feeling like you fit, you never felt like you fit. And so there's something in you that just desired to fit. And it was your hope that the Lord would help you to fit to scratch that itch of never feeling like you quite fit. But, but I, hear the, I hear the Lord say, the Lord says the only way you're going to fit is to fit into His plan. The, the, Lord, the, Lord, the Lord tell me to tell you that you think that you'd be unpopular or that you'd be looked at as peculiar by embracing the Lord and embracing the ways that God has for you. But God tell me to tell you this. He says He'll open up doors of friendship. He'll open up doors of fellowship. And He'll open up doors of opportunity the Lord says that will be closed to you if you tried to open them yourself or if you relied upon others to open them. God says, I have a people for you to influence. The Lord says, I haven't called you to be a follower. I've called you to be a leader. The Lord says the only way that you've been able to break into some of the uh, groups that you wanted to break into was by becoming a follower. And Lord says, every time you tried to be a leader, it didn't seem like anybody wanted to follow you. Lord says, it's not that they didn't want to follow you. The Lord says, it's that they were threatened. They were threatened by what they recognized that God had put in you. But, but I hear the Lord saying this, the, the opportunity is here. Now is the time. The time has come. God says he's going to open up doors that are going to uh, enable you to facilitate the change that you know that the Lord wants to bring and that you desire to have happen in your life that'll set you on course and cause you to be everything that you know that the Lord wants you to be. G God keeps drawing you back to that place and you want to be in that place, but man, there's a whole lot of distraction. The distractions are being removed so that you can walk and live for him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I loose it to you. Amen. I loose it to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, tell me to tell you this. Quit, quit acting like you're weak. You're not weak. The Lord says if you were weak, the Lord says if you were weak, you'd have been destroyed a long time ago. God said, I, I built you to be resilient. The Lord said, I built you strong. The Lord says, you're not easily broken. God says, you're not broken now. You're not broken now. The Lord says, you may have bent, but you didn't break. The Lord says, it may have gotten heavy, but God says, 
God says you weren't crushed under the weight. See, if the devil had his way, he'd kill you. But the Lord says you're not about to die. The Lord says you're going to live in the name of Jesus. You're going to live and you're going to live for him. And God says in the life that you live is going to bring glory to God, is going to cause the life of God to be released in others in Jesus' name. The Lord says, the Lord says when you do it right, God says you're going to be a soul winner. You're going to win people to Jesus. You're going to be persuasive in your presentation of the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus. God's clearing the distractions. He's making a, he's making a clear way for you. He, he's speaking to you today in the name of Jesus. And I, I loose that word to you right now. I thank God for it in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. I pray the anointing for your glory in the name of Jesus. For your glory in the name of Jesus. Now see, these, these, these ones are young. God's doing, something in, God's doing something in people. You don't have to be an old person to do the work of God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, how many of you receive all this here today? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you know, I could hang out here for a while, but I could tell some of y'all getting hangry. So, we'll, we'll finish this. Hopefully, we'll finish this. We'll see about finishing this. Maybe I'll just preach on this one way. Now, we have to do spiritual warfare, don't we? That's all right. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll get it done. We got time. I think we hope amen yeah here there in the air amen yeah prayer tomorrow yeah we got prayer tomorrow <laughs> we come together for that thank God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus listen I pray that God's blessing will rest upon each one of you that as a result of what we're talking about here this in this service in these previous meetings that these things will be helpful to you, that they will help you to identify what the Lord is saying and how the Lord is leading you, that you will become stronger in the Lord, more persuaded of the things that He has deposited in your heart, in your lives, and more effective at yielding to Him. You know, all of this he's doing in us, he's doing because he loves the world. And he wants us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you that what you're doing, you're doing in order that the world might be saved. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you for all that you've said, all that you've done here today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen.